Welcome to the Town to Learn Show podcast series, episode 34, with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today, I interview Brittany Tamul, Director of Customer Success at Aerostream, about their strategic and scalable customer learning and success efforts. You can find more of our content at talenttolearning.com. Well, hello, listeners. Thanks much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast series. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Today's guest expert is from the practitioner, roll up your sleeves and get her done perspective. Brittany Tamul is the director of customer success at Aerostream, where she has spent the last eight and a half years growing in customer facing roles of increasing responsibility and capacity. Currently, Brittany is responsible for the creation and the delivery of customer learning and has spent the last few years successfully deploying a customer facing LMS. And we're going to learn all about it. Welcome to the Towns of Learning Show, Brittany. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share my experience with online learning. As you know, we just think about customer learning and channel learning and really any type of external uh, learning and technology and strategy and business processes and best practices and pitfalls and you name it. That's uh, a whole focus uh, of our organization. So we're super excited to have you here today to get into to somebody that has their sleeves rolled up working in customer success with technology and training and doing it on an everyday basis. And all the listeners here to some degree are have the same job or help people that have the same job. Uh, so we're all really interested in hearing what you have to say. And as we mentioned, you work for Aerostream, a food service technology company. Well, if our listeners are anything like me or like I was a few weeks ago, they have no idea what that is. So what is Aerostream? What is food service technology? And what do you do as an organization? Maybe we could start at the top. Absolutely. I'd love to tell you all about Aerostream and food service technology. I agree that at times we may not know the background or what exactly food service means, but the wonderful thing about it is that we're living it every day of our lives. When we go into a restaurant and we ask for a burger or a fried chicken sandwich, the beautiful thing about it is that it's a complex process to get that item or ingredient to a, a restaurant that we love. And Aerostream looks to tackle that challenge in the food service supply chain by providing our customers with predictive and directional analytics about the vitals of their supply chain, their inventory, their contracting. And from there, they can then make educated decisions about the best way to manage those supply chain tasks so that when you go into your favorite restaurant and you want to get a burger, all of the ingredients that you need, all of the products are there, and you leave a happy customer. Wow, that's great. Uh, that's great. I didn't realize it was so technical. So what would be an example of a, of a typical customer? What do they look like? All of our customers operate within the food service space. We see everything from quick serve restaurants, for example, Dairy Queen. Uh, they're one of our, our largest wonderful customers who leverage our solutions to help deliver all of the blizzards that you know and love to the community. Um, another great example of a quick service or a casual dining chain would be Shake Shack, America's newest darling brand that has grown exponentially since they first hit the market. Um, and then another uh, wonderful brand that I was working with today, Fogo de Chao, a 
upscale dining brand that has their roots in Churrasco and Brazilian Steakhouse Fair. So the beautiful thing about our community of food service operators is that while they are different in size in the menus that they serve to customers, they, they share a common bond of the need for technology to ensure that their operations run smoothly. You know, you got some big name customers there. How would they, you know, working with supply chain and, and, and impacting an organization like that, what types of employees would be using your, your software and application? Absolutely. Most commonly we see within those supply chain teams, procurement, mm -hmm distribution and logistics teams are using our software to optimize their daily tasks within the system, as well as some of their long-term value adds for their organization. Um, and what's interesting about food service and the, the typical employer personnel that would leverage AeroStream is that we've seen it change over time. With such explosive growth in the food service market, we're seeing a lot of younger technology-driven personnel entering the field. And that's been interesting for our organization because we've responded in the way that we deliver technology as well as the way we deliver learning. You are a director of customer success, which is kind of a newish role inside organizations. Could you tell us how you grew it, a little bit about your history and how you grew into that role and what does that job entail? Uh, at AeroStream? Within AeroStream, customer success is frontline support and training for our customers. Um, and I actually grew into this role through previously being an account management with AeroStream. I was working directly with our customers to build relationships, help them optimize their results within our technology, as well as delivering additional applications to them. And with my love of working with customers, coupled with my background in training and education, when the opportunity to be our director of customer success came up, I was excited that I could fit into that role, use some prior experience that I had, as well as some ideas for the role that I had coming into it to work with our customers a little bit differently. Reporting up in the organization, uh, what, what would you go through now? How, how do you report up through, through the, the sales and marketing side? Typically, customer success is housed within our client services division of the company, which is interesting because it's related to the data that's coming into our organization and how we normalize and aggregate that data for our customers. But I also like to think that I am loosely involved with the um, account management role as well. I'm supporting them as an extension of their team to provide that frontline support to customers so that they can effectively manage those expectations with the customer and their relationships for success. It sounds like you have a uh, a complicated or a potentially not complicated, but potentially sophisticated product that you know you would have a need for a lot of customer training or to, training to make your customers successful. And I guess that's a uh, a, a no-brainer statement considering that you're here on, on this podcast. So maybe you can take a step back and, and outline how you think about that, how you think training plays a role in your customer success. For us, customer success and the idea of training has become one of the core functions of our organization. Uh, as you mentioned, having a complex product to ensure that our customers can use it to its fullest 
to ultimately be proactive in their tasks within the supply chain instead of reactive does require a bit of training. Uh, but excitedly, in our organization over the past few years through our customer retention being 100% since 2013, and our growth being nearly 40% over the past three years of new customers entering our organization, we've recognized that we need a scalable model for learning. Uh, previously, everything that we'd done had been instructor-led. Um, oh. We consider ourselves to be customer-centric. That's one of the tenets of our organization. And what better way to showcase that than to put our personnel in front of our customers for their training experience? But coming back to that word scalable, as we've seen that growth and that customer retention, we recognize that a long-term strategy really needed to align with how we think about technology. And that's for us where Thought Industries has come in as our online learning platform. And we've been able to weave that into what we're doing with our customers throughout the learning process to not only still give them a personal touch through our team with instructor-led training, but to also get them some foundational knowledge through online learning courses and modules. Mm -hmm. So tell us about uh, your content mix. What, what, what does that look like uh, in terms of media? You, you talked about the Thought Industries platform and electronic and also about instructor-led. What's it look like today and uh, is that changing and do you want it to change going forward? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the way that we approach training has changed by integrating on an online platform. A great example would be how we approach implementation. Previously, our customers in implementation would typically do about 13 hours of instructor-led training, which meant 13 hours of personnel resources. We've been able to weave in thought industries, and in using thought industries, uh, we use presentations, um, for any materials that require step-by-step -step instructions. We also leverage videos to still provide a personal touch for some complex processes that require additional aid and help. And we, um, we use hotspots as well because we have a number of icons in our system that are meant to lead our learners and our users in a particular direction. Those are wonderful for giving them the background of what different areas of the system will do for them in the grander scheme of their usage. Um, so by leveraging thought industries to give our learners their introduction to our system, to some of that foundational knowledge they need to move forward, we've actually been able to decrease our implementation training hours from 13 to nine in terms of instructor-led training, which is a little bit over a 40% decrease in time for personnel However, we're still able to give our customers a positive experience through instructor-led training, even though we have reduced those hours. And it's also shifted the conversation, interestingly, because our customers are getting that baseline knowledge through our, our relationship with Thought Industries and the material there. When we are together, the focus on the conversation is not, what does this button do, but it's become how does this button drive value back to my organization? Or how does it help me uncover an opportunity for somewhere that I can provide growth for my organization? That's great. So you're going from just the nuts and the bolts to the actual mm -hmm. business application in less time, uh, which is quite quite the win. So if it goes from uh, 13 to nine, what's that, four hours, uh, how much time do they have to sit 
uh, electronically, just curious, is it the same four hours or is it less than four hours or more than four hours? Uh, for those four hours, we, we've reduced that to about one and a half to two through Thought Industries. So mm -hmm. it, it ends up being a win-win for everyone. Um, our customers are also getting that benefit in their time as well. That's great. And in that uh, that 13 hours, do you travel to your clients or do your clients travel to you to get this training? It's a mix. Oh, um, I would say it's probably, yeah, it's probably about 50-50 between our travel on-site to our customers and their travel to us. Um, it would d depend on the size of the team. Um, the number of people that are within that supply chain team would determine whether they're coming up here to Chicago or whether we're going to meet with them. But, um, you know, I think you raise a very valid point in that as well, because that also leads to benefits in terms of time for travel, mm -hmm. whether it be our team or our customers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you find that uh, you focus more of your time, attention, and resources in that implementation and onboarding phase for your clients or in the, the retention and growing their skills over time? Or is that an equal focus? Is one more important than the other? I think it becomes about an equal focus. Uh, as we bring new modules and applications into our suite of services, we do have that opportunity for continuing education with our customers and, of course, to provide them with those refreshers about our applications and what they can do to maximize value as we work through our relationship. Um, and then implementation is still a, a critical piece of that as well. And fortunately, with our new customer acquisition, implementation has been steady. Uh, that's great. How about from uh, some organizations are using it even before customers become uh, customers, uh, more in the attracting of, of customer phases. Is that something that you've uh, dipped your toe into or, or not at this point? We haven't at this point. Um, our strategy in implementing thought industries had been to target new learners entering our network, but our 2020 and beyond growth plans with thought industries are uh, thinking about how we can be flexible with how we're leveraging it to show that we're a technology-focused, a learning-focused organization. Do you find that your customers want training paths or learning paths or learning certification paths, or do they they do they want to be able to find what they know when they want to know it? Is it kind of like more of a self-serve or more of a, uh, a predictable path that you, you ask them to do? What, what's your strategy? We're both. Do you have it? What's yeah. your strategy? Our initial application of Thought Industries has been to use it for a, a specific learning path. Um, the beautiful thing about our system is that it actually is guided and, and there is a workflow to the way that you manage data and then can use the analytics based off that data. So for us, it works very nicely to lay out a path for our customers to start them out with baseline knowledge and then continuously build upon that as they get deeper and deeper into the technology. Uh, you, you capture my heart when you keep dropping numbers, you know, 100% customer mm -hmm. retention, 40% reduction in time in the class. Uh, I just love numbers and to, uh, to measure everything. Uh, in terms of success, what other uh, things, what, what what's important for you to measure? Like what, what are you keeping track of in terms of benchmarking or success metrics or goals? And how do you know if you're successful in, in all this? 
Great question. I, too, am a lover of numbers, and we've had several of them that have been positive in the way that we've seen adoption of thought industries, one of those being uh, we've had a 182% increase in our customer logins since we launched thought industries. We oh. see learners returning to the platform for knowledge. We also see new learners entering in every month as well, which have contributed to that 182% increase in adoption. And for us, that speaks for itself, that we're putting out a product that is helping our customers um, to better their use of the system and to maximize its value. Another metric that's been really exciting for us prior to implementing Thought Industries, we were doing approximately 15 to 20 training sessions per month on average of new personnel entering our customer base um, and then wanting to provide them with that foundational knowledge around our organization. Upon implementing Thought Industries, our average has been around three to five trainings per month. So we've seen a 74% decrease in the number of training requests that we have as we guide our customers to thought industries that's providing that enough knowledge that they feel successful in the system and don't need additional training. Well, that's pretty scalable, huh? And so if you added uh, another 20 or 30 customers here this year, um, and, and kept that 40% year-over-year uh, year grow, growing, um, do you feel that even with your current infrastructure, you could continue to scale you know, pretty easily up uh, up with that uh, due to those efficiencies? Or do you feel that you know you, you continue to need re add resources over time? Like how stable or, or scalable is it? I do feel, I feel as though Thought Industries is the fifth member of my customer success team. And so as we look to our growth strategy for this year, based on what we saw last year with that 40% increase and no additional headcount, our projection is that we'll be able to leverage thought industries again this year, even with additional customers entering our organization and then those that are being retained through our renewal rate. What's your strategy for pricing training do you charge anything is it for the good of the, each customer is it just packaged into the the overall price is it a separate line item your customers have to step up for how every customer organization kind of thinks about that differently how do you think about it we include our training with our services um, in our sales messaging one of the most beautiful things that we talk about is that we're a customer-centric organization and for us that is key you're not just purchasing software, you're purchasing the team behind it. And training is a big part of that. We want our customers to be successful without barriers. A lot of people that are new uh, coming into customer learning can feel overwhelmed and can think that it's it's very uh, technical. How many integrations do you have uh, from your LMS to other systems? Currently, we don't have any other integrations from our LMS to other systems, but that is something that we're exploring because we see the benefit in being able to leverage that learner data in other areas of what we do. How does a, a typical user in the supply chain department of, of one of your customers find your way to the system? How do they get in and how do they know what to take? That's a great question. Um, we've been very focused on promoting thought industries to our customers and the idea that they can 
supplement what they know about the system with those online materials. One strategy that's worked very well for us um, is as an agile technology shop, we're releasing new code within our product every three weeks. Uh, at that point, any new product releases are communicated to our customers, anything that's been enhanced within the system or changed. We've leveraged the pattern that we have with our product release notes and knowing that our customers are accustomed to reading those to learn about what's new in the system. We've leveraged that to also do our thought industries in the same cadence so they can know what's new and exciting in the material. And then it helps them lead them back to thought industries, lead them to those courses, lead them to any new material, as well as a potential review of what's already there. What kind of, uh, that's interesting, what kind of uh, reports do you run uh, on, a, on a regular basis? Like uh, what data do you want out of the LMS? We look at uh, numbers, number of users logging in to understand who is logging in, what they're looking at. Through our onboarding surveys, we also look at the type of learners that are coming into the system or the type of users, how often they're in AeroStream, how long they've been with their organization. Uh, we're also looking at what our customers are looking at, which courses they're going to most frequently. Uh, we also have assessments throughout, so we look at those assessment results as well. It's helping us to gauge what in the system may need additional attention, if there are any gaps within what we're putting in as material, or if it could be more thorough to help our learners be more successful as they're in the system, in thought industries, and learning about it. And how do you go about collecting feedback from your learners? To this point, we've been informally collecting feedback. Mm -hmm. It's been helpful that we've woven this into the implementation process because as we're doing the instructor-led trainings, we've been able to solicit that feedback from our newest customers to ask, did this help you before you got to instructor-led training? Do you feel as though it gave you foundational knowledge about the system and how it will be part of your daily tasks moving forward. And mm -hmm. thus far, all of our feedback has been positive. It's been extremely great to reinforce for us that the way we're thinking about this aligns with our customers' expectations. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. So you're, you're really laid in the, the groundwork nicely. You set up measurable goals and criteria. You have learning paths, you can turn around and report and see how well you're, you're doing towards those goals. You've migrated your content mix from pure ILT to a blend and saving money in dollars and uh, maximizing your impact. Uh, so you have a lot of nice pieces of a, of a world-class case study here. Where do you want to be in two years? You wave a magic wand. What would be different in two years from now? Our goals are to target a new type of learner within what within our materials and thought industries. Originally, we set out to target new learners, those that were um, just entering the food service technology space, new customers through implementation. But as we have put this technology into place, we've seen that there's a need for us to also target self-service veteran learners within our technology space, those that may know about the system, but on occasion have a question about a particular area and giving them the opportunity to look through uh, cataloged content, articles, something that, that makes it easy for them to quickly get an answer 
I think that's the next frontier for us. Um, and another place that I would like to see us in two years is thinking differently about how we're going to have our customers interact with the system in terms of certifications and gamification, other incentives, other and other ways to make the system even more engaging. Bring a very unique perspective in that you watched everything evolve. Uh, you've been at your organization for what, eight and a half years, I think? Uh, yeah. Even nine years, quite a long time. So you watched this all evolve and play out and go from an idea to growth to implementation to actually seeing the, the results. What advice would you give to yourself five years ago uh, that it's just starting this whole process or three years ago when you started this process? What do you wish you knew then that you know now that uh, maybe some of your peers can uh, run a little faster? I love that question. I think if I could go back and tell former Brittany some advice, I would tell her to think about how she can leverage technology to supplement learning. Uh, she didn't have to be afraid that just because she wasn't doing instructor-led training that she couldn't give her learners the same experience through technology. Well, there you have it. Sage advice for the old Brittany. Uh, coming, from the <laughs> new, coming from the new Brittany and for the rest of us. So, uh, uh, thanks very much, uh, Brittany Tamul, uh, Director of Customer Success at Aerostream. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today and sharing the, the mundane details of your life are not mundane at all to all our listeners. So uh, thanks uh, very much for, for stopping by. And uh, listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Talented Learning podcast series. You can find more of our independent content at talentedlearning.com. See you on the next one. Thank you.